Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise, you can't be a success in professional football. Every single day I come in here, I think about winning. You know, I don't do this year round to come in and not make the playoffs. I'm sick of that shit and uh, I want to keep winning. You're listening to the State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jimmy Durkin, joined as always by Vic Tafer, Deshaun Reed, and Ted Wynn. Ready to get you set for Week 18, the Raiders taking on the Denver Broncos. Final game of Antonio Pierce's interim era, and we'll uh, probably find out, I would think, in the next few weeks if uh, if that era will continue on to 2024. But um, who's fired up? Who's ready for Week 18? Jared Stidham revenge game? Revenge for what? Or, I don't know. A bad contract offer? They, they didn't offer him enough money to come back? Yeah. What would happen if he was the, if he was the guy? They'd probably be about, uh, you know, about seven and eight right now. About seven <laughs> and eight, something like that. Seven and nine. They would have erased a game from the schedule? Come on. Seven and eight? Who would be the coach? Ooh. I mean, if they have the same record, we would be in the same situation. <laughs> I, I, I think they'd be. I still. I think it'd still be Antonio Pierce. I mean, I. I don't think he would have raised them. I mean, he's a little bit better at this stage of his career. I, I think than than Aiden O'Connell. I mean, probably win the Vikings game. Yeah. 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 Would that be good if if he was good enough to keep the no It all worked out well. It, was all, it all worked out. Master plan. But uh, yeah, what are we looking for this weekend? What's uh, looking for uh, for what? Zamir White? Is Josh Jacobs going to play one final game uh, before he goes into free agency? I never was said. I never said never with Josh. I mean, I, he shouldn't. I mean, there's no really re- no real reason to. But uh, he's a wild card. I don't know. He might try and play, but uh, I would think not. But um, you never know with Josh. I think you, you want to see just one more really really good defensive performance. Keep the Denver Broncos in single digits. Yeah, I mean, I think we know the defense is good by now. Like, I, I'm a believer. I don't, I don't think they're on fraud watch anymore. But I think it's, you know, I mean, at this point, like, obviously, the, the result of the game doesn't really matter. You just want to see the young guys, um, you know, both on offense and defense. I know Michael Mayer has, you know, been out for the last couple of weeks with a toe injury, and we may not see him this week. But everybody else, like, you know, seeing a lot of these young guys that have flashed throughout the year, seeing them in the year on a high note and going to the offseason with some positive momentum, that's really the only – relevant takeaway from this game you know obviously they still have to go out there and give full effort so they don't get hurt but this game doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things time to unleash byron young byron young week have they been holding him back i don't know <laughs> who's been putting him on a leash yeah, nesta j chris smith yeah man amari depth. bernie too much too much depth man 
it is the one final opportunity for Antonio Pierce just to put his stamp on this team. I don't think we're going to dwell too much on that loss to Indianapolis. Uh, it, you know, it was a game that w- was there and available for them. And had they won it, they're still kind of, you know, hitting around alive in the playoff hunt. But it's a divisional opponent and it's at home. And I think when Mark Davis goes to make that decision on, on what he is going to do at head coach, uh, the fact that Antonio Pierce closed out the season by kicking the Chargers ass, by beating Kansas City on Christmas in Arrowhead. And if he can, you know, take down the Broncos at home in week 18, I think that would weigh pretty heavily that that this guy was able to you know get his team up for these big divisional games against rivals. Um and that that should weigh heavily if uh you know if, if they're able to get it done and, and have a really nice performance again on Sunday. I agree. It's a cherry on top. I guess what a five and four record. You mentioned the divisional wins, three in a row at home. I think kind of maybe some fans have a sour taste from last week. I'm not sure why, but uh, some fans think that was really a, a proving point that he shouldn't be the guy. I don't, I don't quite get that, but um, it was a close loss to a playoff team or a likely playoff team on the road. But I think you're right. I think um, he wants to win. He wants to go out the right way. I think um, he's mentioned getting the home fans excited, kind of like being a entertained he sees their, their role as uh entertaining the crowd and getting them hyped up so um yeah that'll be good it'll be good for him to kind of end on, on that note and kind of give mark another reason to uh to stamp the uh stamp the job i don't know how much time we're gonna spend uh ref- going back to that colts game but man it's just uh conservatism is what drives you crazy you know you're you're on the road you have nothing to lose and there's three separate occasions where you could have gone for it on fourth and one or, or fourth and two, and you you know you try the whole try to draw them offsides thing, and then take the offsides. I take the delay of game penalty. You know you get bailed out by uh, roughing the kicker on one drive, and then on the the final drive you go for it on fourth and one, you score a touchdown, and it's just like you know I I think in some of these situations they have to be more aggressive. They they outgain the Colts. They move the ball fine. I mean they they they, they, got, they I think they outgained the Colts four seventy to four thirty had. More time of possession. The difference was, you know, the Colts were a little bit more aggressive on fourth down than the Raiders weren't, and it, it cost him. And it's just those are the things that kind of drive me crazy. I love the look on Vic's face. I wish you guys could see it the whole time that Ted is talking. He is, uh, he's got something good to deliver here. I'm just tired, man. I have a lot of uh, sangria on my birthday, so I'm uh, a, little, a little hungover. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I don't blame Antonio for last week, the big conservative, because, I mean, one thing we've clearly seen this season is the offense stinks. They've scored more than 20 points three times, so Ian McConnell's not not the guy. I mean, Zemir White didn't have a great day in that game, so I think, you know, he he's coming off a win in KC where he scored six points in offense, so I think his, his mindset is, you know what, so stop making mistakes on offense. We can, you know, hold them on defense and kind of wait for our moments. And I, it didn't work out. Obviously, I mean, in, in hindsight, they looked um, there's some bad sequences. But I don't totally blame them for being conservative because uh, they haven't proven that they're, they're good and short, you know, third and short. And then O'Connell hasn't proven he can make plays, you know, uh, with rushers in his face. So I think um, I kind of give him a break of the whole offensive thing, not only for that game, but for the whole season. I think, you know, if he comes back, have a chance to hire, you know, his own coordinator, or Mark will help him pick one. But a guy who's a proven offensive coordinator and uh, a new quarterback, so I think um, it's kind of uh, not really fair to judge him on the offense this year, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I do think some of the the situational football stuff, though, I, I do think that's been like among the things to critique him for. Like that's been something that you can 
uh, knocking for. I mean, like whether it's like the weird end of the first half stuff where they never really seem to know what to do with their timeouts, um, you know, some of the inconsistencies on third and short, fourth and short with decision making, you know, end of game management, like some of that stuff has been funky in like multiple games. And sometimes it hasn't mattered, but I do think it's like made a difference in some of these close losses that they've had, you know, whether it's the Vikings game or the Colts game or, you know, some of these other close losses. And so that is something that like last year, you know, with me Daniels that bothered Mark Davis a lot. You know, he talked to us about it in the off season, whether it was the timeouts or game management. And I think we also know that that was something with Rich Basaccia that Mark Davis was not very uh, happy with in terms of his game management skills. And so, you know, like it's, you know, he's a first time, first time interim head coach, like all this shit is new to him. And so there's going to be growing pains with that. But I think, I do think that is something that like, maybe it's a wash for this year, but like, if he does keep the job, like they do need to change something in that area. Cause they haven't been good in those situations. Yeah. I mean, I think that's one area where if he gets a full-time job or when you're interviewing him formally for the full-time job, you want to know what his plan is because obviously he's, when you're taking over as an interim coach, you haven't helped pick the players. You haven't picked this coaching staff. You know, you're, you're dealing with, you know, the guys that McDaniels hired and, you know, you maybe don't have a trusted voice that you can bring into the booth. And, you know, Vic, you wrote about the the mentors that he's had come into the building and, and help out with meetings and, and, you know, kind of in some unofficial, semi-official capacities. But, you know, when you go into next season, you're, you're going to be able to rebuild your staff. And so I think if you're Mark, you want to know, okay, what what is your plan? You know, do, do you have somebody in mind that you want to be your trusted voice in the booth to help you with game management stuff? But uh, I'm with you, Vic, where I I can't knock him for how bad the offense is because, again, like it's different than if you're saying, like, you know, a defensive coach like Robert Sala with the Jets, like, oh, uh, you know, we can't just say, oh, your defense is good, so it's okay because, like, you pick the offensive staff and you pick the next offensive staff. Pierce didn't do any of that. He didn't have any control over what they have on offense. And so, um, you know, I, I give him a pass there, but I, I do agree with you in terms of the, you know, Deshaun with the game management stuff that you do want to see where, where do you feel like you can grow there? And, and do you have people that you can lean on that you would like to hire that, that could come and help you out in those areas? Definitely a learning curve for the guy. You mentioned there was a lot of, a lot of good coach two months ago. So I think a lot of this is new to him. I think uh, I'm here probably would tell you himself that I'm sure it's been a, a tough adjustment with all the timeouts, time management. You're talking to the guys on the sideline, getting organized, that kind of stuff. I'm sure it takes a while to get used to that. And then, again, no excuses. And every candidate's going to have pluses and minuses. That definitely is his minus. But I think in his, like he keeps saying, his resume is on the field. Like he, he thinks he's shown. By the way, his teams come out every week and played hard and played well and had some big wins. That should be enough. And I and I, I kind of agree. I mean, I don't know what the whole Jim Harbaugh thing is going to hold, and we'll see. But uh, in my mind, I think he's kind of done all he can ask of an interim coach in, in, in this situation. And those are two of the big questions you have to figure out with Antonio Pierce because uh, there are two major components of being a head coach is game management and the ability to put together a strong staff. And, you know, we won't be able to see his ability to – pick a strong staff or I don't know, maybe that that's one of the big points in the end of the season interview with, with Pierce was his plan for putting together a staff for next year. But I mean, game management is, is part of the evaluation. And I feel like, yeah, that's a part that he hasn't really done well in his time as a interim coach. And I mean, you know, I understand like he, you know, he didn't put together his offensive staff, but I, I still feel like there should have been a little bit more aggression just because, you know, you needed to score points. And um, 
the offense is struggling all day and sometimes you just have to take chances. And I realize it's not comfortable taking those chances sometimes, but uh, I think those opportunities win and lose you games. And we, we've seen them throughout this season. I think it's especially frustrating just because, you know, we saw it with the Josh McDaniels era when he was still the coach and it's kind of continued into uh, into this season, uh, into uh, Pierce's time as coach. I think on the on the coaching in terms of the assistant coaching staff, like if Pierce does get the job, I do think that's going to be more of a uh, collaborative front office thing in terms of like Champ Kelly having a voice if he's retained as as GM and like you know who they're considering for the offensive coordinator position. You know, assuming that Bo Hart agrees him back, which I think we all don't think he'll be back in that role at least uh, next year. So yeah, I think it'll be something where like obviously they want to see where you know, maybe who who Pierce has in mind and what his vision is, but I don't think it'll be like a solely solely by himself having to put it together type thing. Yeah, I think rather than spending a lot of money on a head coach, you can spend a lot of money on an offensive coordinator, a guy who's got some serious you know, pedigree and a resume and some success and, and some experience and can kind of come in as the offensive coordinator slash assistant head coach and kind of give you a whole new look on that side of the ball. And so and I think AP will be fine with that. I'm not sure, but I'm sure he has guys in mind. He's been around the NFL for a while, so... I would be curious to see what his staff would look like. But I agree with Deshaun that it'll be a collaborative thing with Champ and Mark. I think they'll find I would think they'll try to find someone who has some serious success on that side of the ball. Yeah, you know, and in terms of the game management stuff, I think that that's so hard to like when you take over in the middle of the season, that's it's really hard to kind of how do you pick up on and improve that? That that's one of those kind of self-scouting things that I think a lot of times you, you're able to go back in the offseason and and work on. And, and it's it's a lot more difficult when you're just taking over in the middle of the season and you're 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 probably drowning, your your head's you know, you're swimming underwater and, and you're just trying to kind of figure everything out as you go. So it has not been great, but you know, I think he probably does deserve the opportunity to to show what he's what he can learn over a full offseason. But uh we'll see how that goes when they make that decision. You gotta play more Madden, man. That's that's uh that's how you simulate these game, game situations. I'm kidding. Madden is extremely realistic. There is a little um theory about Madden game management and younger coaches, but uh maybe we'll get into that in another time. But uh wow, what a, what a tease! People tune in <laughs> next week. We get into Madden's effect on young coaches. Yeah, but I do wonder if Pierce would put together an analytics team and kind of modernize this franchise a little bit because usually those analytic guys are the game ma- management guys well they have a guy now i can't remember i can't think of his name but they have a guy but i'm just i think a lot of time you know time management and all of the you know the confidence in making certain calls again i think it boils down to your to your offense and your quarterback i don't mean i think it was last week where uh, antonio said that we're not going to win games because of aiden o'connell i mean i think you know that's not a knock on aiden it's just like his job is not to is not, don't lose games. That's what they want him to do. Don't not try to have him win games because that's when I think he gets in trouble. That's when Jimmy got in trouble called the turnover. So I think that's why I think he's leaning maybe a little more conservative. I'm not sure you can say that's really the kind of coach he's going to be, but that's the kind of coach he is right now because of what they have at quarterback and also with Josh Jacobs out. I think that's also a huge, a huge deal. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, we discussed you know, what is really at stake in Sunday's game. And there are a few things at stake uh, earlier in the season, before the season. We did our over-under picks for different statistical milestones. And uh, most of them are pretty much well settled. But there are a few that are that are a little bit up in the air. Uh, the win total one, we had two win totals that we were kind of betting off of. Um, the bet MGM one uh, that we officially went with was six and a half. So they have hit the over on that. Um or Austin Mock did uh, with his model had projected seven and a half wins. So there is a is a little bit of drama there to see if they will hit the over on the seven and a half wins. I'm sure the fans are like clutching. Their, <laughs> I'm sure they're so, they're so invested in that one. Do we all have your over? Tashawn took the under, and I quote: I, "I actually have them getting worse this year." He picked them to go five and twelve and finish last Ooh. place in the AFC West, so he had the under. But my my favorite was Ted picked the over and, and grandly stated. My range is seven to ten wins, and we all gave him shit for it because, like every NFL team's range is seven to ten wins. Uh, he ultimately he picked he picked nine wins and a third place finish. Uh, Vic and I both picked an eight and nine record with a third Ooh. place finish. I covered my bases up right, no matter what. Yeah, good, good job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, one, one to seventeen wins. But uh, Deshaun, you have the floor. Do you want to comment on your under pick of a five and twelve? Yeah, I mean, they were on pace for that shit. That's why you got a fucking midseason head <laughs> <laughs> coach and GM get fired. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> they got worse. They were Antonio Pierce, man. Yeah, yeah man. So, yeah. They'd be on pace for one win in the beginning of the season, too. I get, you're on, you're on, technically on pace for a, any win total at, at any point during the season. Jesus Christ. <laughs> they were wow, on we're pace gonna... for 17 wins after week one. We got deep. The defensive team stats were uh, the fun one where we uh, the over and under that we had set was their average over the last five seasons, which was 15 forced turnovers, 15 takeaways and 30 total sacks. They have slammed the over on both. Uh, We all had them going over on both, basically saying that, you know, pretty much impossible to be that bad to be under. They are at 21 takeaways with one game to go and they are at 41 sacks. So. They will need a nine-sack performance against Jared Stidham to get to uh, Vic's stated goal of 50, um, his revised goal of 50. But I, I don't think they're going to quite get there, but they uh, they have comfortably beaten the over of 30. It's all good. And let's take a look at some some of the uh, the individual over-unders that we went with. Uh, we started offensively with Jimmy Garoppolo, which became pretty irrelevant with him being benched. But we had all picked the over for all of his stats, which we are correct on one of them. We had games available at 12 and a half. And yes, he only started whatever, five, six games, but he was available for 15 games, I think, right? He was only inactive twice. So wow. uh, 
There we go. He was he hits the over there. He will be obviously well under 3000 passing yards and well under 19 and a half touchdowns. So um, we were all over. We we bet it on a healthy season. It's not that we were high in Garoppolo. It's just that the over unders were very low. And he still did not hit them. But all right, Josh Jacobs, um, the numbers were set at 1185 yards, 10 touchdowns and 40 receptions. If we assume that he does not play in week 18, he will hit the under on all of those. He's at 805 yards, six touchdowns, 37 receptions. If he does play, uh, in theory, he I think the only one he has a chance at would be the 40 receptions. He could he could get there, but um uh, likely to be under on all of them. Um in terms of what we had picked to Sean and Vic, you guys had, had him going over on all of them. Ted and I had him going under on yards, under on touchdowns, and over on receptions. So Ted and I are voting for him to play on Sunday, get four catches, and then we we win there. Yeah, man, he got hurt. Got hurt. He got hurt. Fortunately, you know, and the offensive line sucks. Oh, kind of. I don't know if he would have got there on the touchdown. He would have got there on the yards if he if he plays these last few games. Probably. I don't know about the touchdowns. Definitely would have got there on the receptions. But the one that that is a little bit up in the air is Zamir White. We had him at 118 carries, 466 yards, and four touchdowns. He will not get there on carries. He's at 79 uh, yards. He is at 339. So he would need 127 yards uh, to get there. And he has only one, t- one touchdown. So we all took the under on him for all those. And it uh, looks like we were all be correct. You know, the Broncos tend to give up big rushing performances against the Raiders, man. This is, you know, might go for one, 130. The one that uh, is a little bit up in the air here, Devontae Adams. He has hit the over on receptions. Uh, the the uh, Our number was 97.3. He has 98 catches. Yards, likely he will hit the, uh, he will stay under. He The yard we set was 1244. He's at 1098. Touchdowns, we got 11.9. He has only seven. So uh, he will likely go under on the yards and the touchdowns over on the catches, which Congratulations, Ted. Ted's pick was for him to go over on the catches and under on the yards and touchdowns. And at the time, he laughed, said, I don't know if the math probably doesn't work out on this, but that's what I'm going to go with. And uh, congratulations, Ted. How many yards does he need again? Uh, he's at 1098. He needs to get to 1244. So he needs like 146 yards um, to. Uh, sorry, sorry, Ted. You're going to lose that one. He's going you over. think he's going to go over that? Wait, how many yards? Getting 150 he yards? 150? So you got him going for 150 against the Broncos? Yep, I do. My thinking was correct. My thinking was he's going to get thrown the ball a ton, but he's not going to get the ball thrown a, a ton deep. See, I will actually take that, that 150-yard game, because I had him going over on catches, over on yards, and under on touchdowns with the idea that Garoppolo is not a big touchdown guy. Um, and so I will take that 150-yard outing, and uh, and then I'll, well, I'll hit that. I like it. I'm is there a prize you. for all this stuff? Is no. There no prize? No, just, just, just pride. Just pride. pride? Yeah, but, no, but who has pride in this panel? Who has any pride in this panel? <laughs> Some of these are just fun to review just for the fact that we actually like even did an over-under on this person. We did Hunter Renfro, 69 and a half receptions, 684 yards, and five and a half touchdowns. Those were Renfro's career averages over his first four NFL seasons. Vic, congratulations. You pounded the under on across the board. There you go. Pride, pride goes to Vic. To Sean, you were over. On all of them, you were you, you were big. Uh, Ted, you also pounded the under on all of them. I went under on the yards and catches, and I, I somehow thought he was going to be a red zone weapon and, and catch six touchdowns, and he has zero touchdowns. He's 25 catches, 255 yards, no touchdowns. The bounce-back year for Hunter Renfro has not occurred. Next year in New Orleans, pound the over. Wasn't aware of how much he was hated, man. but he'll be a free agent. 
Uh, rookie tight end Michael Mayer. We uh, we went with the projected fantasy numbers from Jake Seeley. Uh, he had 44 catches, 483 yards, four touchdowns. Presuming, especially that he doesn't play, and even if he does play in Week 18, uh, he will go under that. Uh, he's at 27 catches, 304 yards, and just two touchdowns. All of us took the under, so we uh, we all win. Yeah, I mean, he had some, you know, he had had some flashes late, and maybe if he didn't get that toe injury, maybe he would have threatened it a little bit. But uh, yeah, you know, it's tough for rookie tight ends. They got better blocking, so I give him that. I mean, I think um, I think fans have to be excited about his potential going forward. All right, Max Crosby, we went with his average over four NFL seasons, which was 9.4. He's obviously hit the over on that. Uh, Deshaun, Ted, and I all had him going over. Vic was the hater, was trying to – I think he said he was trying to motivate Max. It was his claim, and he took the – even though he had him getting 60 sacks as a team, he had had Max going under. Because there's so many other guys getting sacks. Like, I had Sean Jones (laughs) getting, like, eight or nine. I had – I still got Coots. I had Coots get a bunch. I get credit for that. So, I had – Bunch of guys getting lost so many sacks and Max is gonna get short I don't remember Coots. I might remember Tyler. Oh, I'm, sure I'm sure I said Coots. I listened back to the pod. He said, like, he picked Tyree Wilson to push at seven sacks. We'll get to Tyree Wilson in a minute. He's like, I like I, I got Tyree pushing. Like his his logic was that he thought Malcolm Coons would steal some sacks away from Tyree Wilson. He did uh hype up the Malcolm Coons trainer. Let's go. Let's go. The next one, uh was tough to, to go back and listen to. Tashawn, Vic, and Ted all had Chandler Jones going over 6.9 sacks, which was uh, a prorated average of, of him. If he played, yeah, he played uh, I mean, that, that training that training camp clip that he kept putting out looked pretty fucking good. I know. <laughs> was... The funny thing is, like, is, you know, Ted's asking questions. To, you know, going back and listening to it now, it's like, Ted's like, do we know the injury? Why, why he wasn't around at training camp <laughs> for a while? And I did take the under there. I didn't know that Josh and Dave were going to lock him out of the gym. His key card wasn't going to work. I didn't know that was going to set the whole thing ablaze. We get a pass, yeah. Yeah, push. Tyree Wilson already referenced this. Uh, we had the seven was the over-under. We said that was what he had had each of the final two seasons at Texas Tech. Uh, obviously, that is – unless he has – what's he at, three? What, how many does he have right now? Uh, three and a half? Two and a half. No, right? two and a no? half. I was, two and a half. There's a Twitter account that's called Raiders History. They did a good job of this random state public kind of stats on there. And they had the list of the rookie sack um, guys and Raiders historically. <laughs> you got to scroll down that list a long way to get a Tyree. Like, it's past the 20. Like, he's like 25th, I think. So, that's, I mean, even Clea had like four and a half his rookie year. So, yeah, that yeah. one game where he had where he had like two and a half, I think. And... Right. So, it's been, uh, I mean, I don't know the coach would say there's been some, you know, some improvement and we'll see next year, but. Been a rough, a rough rookie year for the uh, number seven overall pick. Vic, you had you had gone with a push. Uh, the rest of us all went under, so um, we we kind of predicted that it wasn't going to be a huge season. And then the final one, we uh, we, we did Marcus Peters three interceptions. Ted and Tashawn had him going over. Ted had him finishing with five picks. He had a big five wow. interception season. I went with a push. I thought he was going to get three. Vic, congratulations, you took the under. Dropped like two or three of them, man. Yeah, I mean, he should have had three. If you combine the stats for him and the guy who took his took his place, then because <laughs> then you get to you know you get back to open stats. That's the same spot. I mean, then you got three touchdowns out of those guys. Yeah, see, there you go. Three more touchdowns than Hunter Renfro. I mean, he did have more. He does have more touchdowns this year than Marcus Peters does have more touchdowns this year than Hunter Renfro. So that's something. Ouch, poor Hunter. What do you want to see against the Broncos? I want to see a good game. I, th- I thought the game last week was really boring. I was like, uh, "Did you stay awake the whole time?" 
Yeah, I, yeah, I did, but I, I didn't think it was a very exciting game. Uh, it got better towards the end. But even then, I thought it was both sides were not looking great. So, a little Jared Stidham magic. I want a little uh, Aiden O'Connell magic. That's what I want. Game with Jared Stidham and Aiden O'Connell starting at quarterback is definitely going to be a, a bar burner there. I mean, I think the one thing we talked about earlier, what would what would be different about this team had they kept Jared Stidham? The two games he started last year, had, at least, I mean, especially the first one against the Niners, had had entertainment value. He was fun to watch. I mean, whereas Aiden O'Connell is, it can times be very unwatchable. Like uh, Jared Stidham, like wasn't great, but um, that Niners game was pretty darn good. And you know, he he was taking chances, he was making plays, and um, so the entertainment value was there with Stidham, and that that is maybe the one thing that. You know, like, like we said, they, they probably can beat the Vikings if they have Jared Sidham at quarterback. So um, he does bring that. Speaking of last week's game, can we grade uh, Max's trash talk? Have you seen that video where he was uh, yeah, last boy? Hey, little last boy. <laughs> little last boy? Well, well, come on, man. You got to do better than that. What was the last boy? Funniest part was uh, when Gardner Minshew was talking uh, talking about Max Crosby. He's like, he just keeps calling everybody little ass boys. <laughs> like he's so, so he's angry, so, he's so mean, he's so angry, he's so angry that I forget who he was talking to. But he's like, he's like, he's angry, but he's not really angry. I think you never heard somebody call somebody little ass boy. Like, I'm like, not that? my old. That's, that's a, my, I guess that's an old. Thing. I'm <laughs> pretty old. pretty old. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's a two American. That's a very uh that's a last boy. It's more of a black community thing, I guess. Little last boy. Which uh yeah, yeah Max Max which team in the uh is Max Crosby playing for in the uh, in, uh in that I know what team he would want to play for, you know. <laughs> exactly, no question. So oh, that's good. So I learned something today. All right, so I'm gonna start using that when I go out today. Call people little last boy. You don't have to say little, it's like a it's like you know, like Lil Wayne, it's like you know, L I L, you know, it's like LL. Yeah, like little, little, little last boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to try it out today. See how it works. The tradition continues of the podcast deteriorating. Didn't Meek Robertson say, say, tell somebody that in the Chiefs game? He called him too little or some shit? He called too little because that's what yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was just, yeah. He was just turning it around because that's what yeah. he did. Stop. So. It's like an extension of that. It's like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Take it back. All right. Good stuff. I learned something. Little last boy. Prediction time? Who's ready to uh, to fire up your big... Week 18 prediction. I, I mean, Vic, you and I both have to pick a win to get to eight and nine because we have our, our season our season prediction has to has to match up. I'll pick them to win. Uh I got them uh 24 20 Raiders. I think uh there's some still magic, and I think uh Devontae Adams gets another 25 targets and 170 yards because Aiden McConnell wants him to be happy. So I think Devontae will get the ball a lot. And uh there you go. I'm gonna go 1913. It's not gonna have entertainment value. It's it's gonna be an ugly score. It's gonna be an ugly game. It's gonna be an appropriate finish. But 1913 defense plays well. Antonio Pierce puts his final stamp on the season and says, "Hey, you know, I I won these last three games against division rivals." So there we go. 1913. Yeah, I think I got the Raiders 14 to 10. Another Damn. ugly. Another these games ugly... sound terrible. No, I don't want to watch these games. Come Make just Can I go to a different game? Gosh, well, I mean. I mean have you seen the Raiders' offense? Have you seen? I the, have. That's why I'm looking for the Broncos. I mean, look look at the games around the league. I mean, we've got we got Carson Wentz playing against uh, Sam Darnold. I mean, that's we've awesome. got that's Jeff, a, that's Jeff, a... Jeff Jeff Driscoll is starting a game. That the Browns are on their uh, having their fifth different quarterback start a game for them. Uh, there's some bad games around the league this this week. Yeah, and this is another one of them. So yeah, but it should end in a high note for the Raiders. I mean, I guess. To, I mean, honestly. It, it's really it's really not a high note. I mean, right now they're at the 11th overall pick. 
if they win, they'll probably end up like fifteenth or something. If they lost this game, they could probably get down to like that's why they got to sign AP now. Like if you're Mark Davis, like, look, the job is yours, let's lose. I wanna pick eighth or ninth. I don't want to pick fifteenth. Yeah, I mean they need they, they need to lose this game. Yeah, I mean, that was going to be my point is, uh, I mean, as far as what you want as an organization, it's probably best to lose this game because we've seen this happen so many times in the past. They won the last game. Everybody feels a little bit good. Then April comes along and then you're like, oh, crap, we're like three, you know, three spots down from where we should be. And then, um, you know, you just end up with the worst pick. So you will want to see a loss, but... I feel like this is a game the Raiders are probably going to win. They're at home. The Broncos have nothing to play for. I, I feel like the Raiders are probably going to win 27 to 17 or something like that. All right, that's a little better. I can watch that game. Play seven points. All right, guys. Well, it's been another fun season. We'll obviously, well, we will not be going anywhere. We'll be back next week to uh, put a put a bow on the season. It'll be awards time. Got to start thinking about who's going to be our offensive player of the year. I think Wednesday is the John Gruden hearing, I think, in Vegas. So talk about that also next week. John Gruden suing the league. Let's say, you know what? Drop the lawsuit and come back and push the Raiders. Oh, is, that, is that next week? Uh, I think it's been, it's been pushed back a couple times, I think, right? My counter's yeah. January 10th. Oh, it, is, sure it is January 10th. I don't feel like dealing with that shit. Anyway. Drop the lawsuit anyway. and push the Raiders, baby. Let's go. Anyway. All right, everybody. Well, enjoy week 18. Uh, enjoy watching a lot of backup quarterbacks around the NFL. And, uh, 60, what happened on my picks? 60, 68 quarterbacks have played this like year? 67. Right? I think it's 67. Last year was 68. That's, that's crazy, man. That's, no, that's absurd. It's an absurd number. It's disgusting. I mean, the Raiders have contributed. They've started three different ones. I still can't believe we had to watch Brian Hoyer for a game. That's the only that's the only game I'm mad about this year is that right. I had to watch Brian it got Hoyer. you what you wanted. If that, that, that's why we have to help Josh get fired. Right? If that didn't play Hoyer, maybe he's still here. So, you know, the greater good. I still had to watch Brian Hoyer play a game of football. I don't wish that on anybody. But who knew though that the Bears were going to be like the Bears are good now? So maybe that was maybe it was all about the Bears defense. Wasn't about Hoyer. The Bears defense was showing up. Could that impact tiebreaker in the uh, in the draft <laughs> status? You know, yeah, there oh, see, there you go. See, it's all greater good, man. All greater good. All right, talk to you guys next week. Later, guys. Hasta la vista. We know Hoyer has like a zombie arm, half dead, you know, like they had to resurrect him. Call people a little ass boy. <laughs>